tuned into this week's edition of the uncoverables we got a quick turnaround this week because our guest is ernesto servini of the myriad three band out of toronto they're a jazz trio who we're going to hear from in a sec and uh yes they're playing montreal hall on uh, march 22nd at casa do popolo they're uh, doing a duo gig with the one and only park x trio and then they're venturing off into Europe. So we're going to speak about their album, Moons, which was their latest release. It was released last year. And uh, we're going to speak about uh, sort of their system of doing things as a band and um, about their upcoming uh, endeavors. Uh, but uh, we started off today with... a We're, we're going to hear two releases um, from the Intact record label, which is based in Zurich, Switzerland. Um, not so Canadian as we've been so as we've uh, been as of late, but we gotta step out of our comfort zone every once in a while. A, eh? uh, this is the tune, bu- or we just heard the tune "Bumper." Uh, that's the album "Visiting Visiting Texture" by the Trio Three, uh, which features Andrew Sorrell, Reggie Workman, and Oliver Lake. Um, that's uh, drums bass and saxophone respectively and you can uh, listen to part of this release at intactrec.bandcamp.com and I'll uh, 
I'll uh, spell it out for you in this blog post. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's what started off our show. And next up, we've got a tune from the Myriad Three. Again, this is a Toronto-based trio um, with Ernesto Cervini on the drums. And uh, after this tune, which is Skeleton Key off of their record Moons, which is their fourth record, uh, after that tune, we're going to hear uh, an interview with Ernesto that I got to do this weekend. And um, yeah, again, they're playing, th- this will be posted on March 21st, uh, which means they're playing Casto Popolo tomorrow. And uh, you can catch, I think it starts at about 9 p.m. And um, I don't know, it's probably like 10 bucks. <laughs> I'll double check the price before the end of the episode. But yeah, we're going to hear the tune Skeleton Key from them. And uh, later on, we're going to hear another release from Intact, and that'll be it for this week. Um, If you're looking down the road, I have uh, some uh, other interviews set up. Uh, One, well, one's already finished with uh, Geraldine Iguales, which I'm very excited about. She's a Montreal musician of many different instruments. And um, I also am looking into setting one up today with Samuel... Andreev, who is a Canadian who's been living in Strasbourg, France, and he's coming back to present a classical piece in April. So you can watch out for those down the road, keeping it super Canadian on the Uncoverables, a podcast that uh, covers music nobody else does. Um, And yeah, that's it. This one's Skeleton Key by the Myriad Three. And uh, I guess you're listening to CKU.
I'm here with Ernesto of the Myriad Three, a uh, jazz trio and uh, sort of modern trio from uh, Toronto. And um, I guess getting right into things, uh, this group has grown up rather quickly. You got started in 2010, and you've already released four projects and received recognition from the Junos and Sirius XM. Um, so how about you talk a bit about uh, how this group formed and how things have developed over time? Sure. Um the band was, it was actually kind of formed as an accident. Um, what happened was I had gigs with uh, a piano player and a different bass player. And uh, the bass player got injured, so Dan Fortan subbed in. And then there was another gig, uh, like about a month later, and it was myself and uh, Dan Fortan, and the piano player subbed out, and so Chris Donnelly subbed in. And then after the second time we played together as a trio, we kind of thought there was something there that we all wanted to pursue. Um, so we did. We started uh, rehearsing and writing music for the band, and then um, we're all pretty motivated um, and fairly organized. So <laughs> we've been able to kind of move things along pretty quick. And um, and we, the, the nice thing about this band is everyone's really committed to it. So, um, you know... With three people working on it constantly, you get a lot done, and it doesn't really overtax anyone. Um, and then the other thing we do is we rehearse every week, regardless of whether we have a gig or anything. We just any as long as all three of us are in town, we rehearse every week. So um, that's great because it just helps the music to keep evolving and moving and. You know, we can do stuff that takes a lot of rehearsal because we know we're going to be rehearsing a lot. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, a lot of jazz guys are pretty st are stretched pretty thin uh, these days with gigs and stuff. Um, I mean, I'm sure you guys play in other groups too, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, how, how beneficial has it been wor to work in, you know, a trio and uh, sort of develop alongside other musicians rather than just, uh, you know, work on your own practice? Oh, it's great. It's really great because, yeah, you do develop together. And, and, and um, you know, when this group started, I, I didn't really play that much with either of the other guys in other projects, we would, you know, every once in a while. Um, but now that this band, like, I noticed um, I end up playing with Dan Fortan in, in a lot of other projects because, like, it's a good bass drum hookup. And so it's ended up... Uh, I think benefiting both of us um, because we end up playing together and other things as well. I mean, I think you develop a really good rapport with each other uh, and with Chris as well. Um, so I think it's, it's been great for all three of us. Um, and you're right, you know, as, as a jazz musician, you kind of have to be uh, open to playing with a lot of a lot of people because there's not really enough work in any given city for one band. And, um, you know, to be touring constantly is, is, uh, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you have to be able to do a bunch of different things and, uh, but I mean, we've all committed to this band as kind of our top priority, um, and everything else comes after that. So, it, you know, whatever that means, mm. uh, that's what we, what, that's what we do. And we always, you know, clear our schedules and, and make sure that we know exactly what's going on and what we're planning 
so that nothing else gets in the way. So it's great. Again, because all three of us have committed to it. Um, and to me, it's the big difference between being in a collective band versus being in a, a leader band. Mm-hmm. Um, because I lead my own band and I can tell you <laughs> that, you know, you can't ask as much necessarily out of those musicians because they're, it's just a side project for them. They're in a bunch of other things and, um, but in this band, we can demand a lot from each other because it's a collective, and so we're all committed to it. So, uh, you know, we never play with music. We memorize everything we play, and um, and that's been the case from the very beginning. And, you know, it's hard to do that with a band, but because this is a collective and because we rehearse every week, then it just became like that's a priority for us. Um, so it's been, again, it's been great. Uh, it's nice to work with two other people who, you know, have the same kind of idea about music and the same drive and then the same commitment. I think it can be really hard to find. Yeah, and I guess when you're writing as like a front man, um, I- I'm sure you write with, you know, particular players in mind, um, but... Mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're you're not writing sheet music for a robot, but you are writing sheet music that, uh, you know, is for I guess an instrument first and maybe a player second. But when it's a trio, you really know where the other players are at. Yeah, we can write with a certain you know vibe or theme in mind. Um, uh, even from out al- from album to album, the the um, kind of vibe of the albums and the vibe of the band has changed a bit and so we've all tried to write kind of with that in mind and I mean I definitely write songs now where I'll write it and go oh this is for Myriad like this is a tune for Myriad 3 for sure I can hear it in you know I can or as I'm writing it I'm like picturing the guys playing it Um, so it's great it's so lovely to be able to write for musicians and for a band yeah, and how about we speak a bit about this um, recent album, Moons, which was released in uh, 2016. Was there, a, mm-hmm. was there a particular goal or concept in mind to, um, you know, make push your sound forward with this project? Yeah, I think with this with this album, we we the music became a little more through composed. I think that's been um that's been something that we've been moving towards from the beginning. Um, it's a little bit, it's, it's a lot less, you know, head solo, head out kind of thing. And, and just a lot of like pieces of music. Um, so it's almost a more of a classical approach, um, to a certain extent. I mean, they're still improvising and they're still, but, but there's a lot more through composed stuff. And I think that came out the most with this last album. Um, and, uh, and so then with that, there's also, a lot of um, like group um, improvisation and um, development development in that way as well. Um, I think that was the general vibe that really came out of this of this one. And again, it was also through uh, group arranging because whenever we bring a song to the band, it kind of then goes through a transformation um, that like we've all committed to. You know, once you bring a song to the band, it's not yours anymore. It's ours. So then, you know, who knows what's going to happen to it? Um, so this music definitely went through that process, and we kind of uh, shaped it 
fall to fit that kind of mold. Um, if that makes any sense i think that made sense yeah i think i think by having a trio where there's sort of like an arranging it's almost like having a producer where there's sort of like an arranging process past whatever was written and brought into the studio yeah big time i mean we do it over months you know so um we'll you know we'll we'll bring in a song and we'll we'll rehearse it for three months before we ever perform it. And then we'll perform it for a year before we record it. So by the time we record it, we really, you were not learning the song anymore. We've, we've toured it. We've, we've shaped it. We know exactly what we want to do with it. Um, so yeah, it's like we're, we're doing all that studio work, but just way ahead. And I mean, and we also have a producer that we worked with, work with in the studio who helps us then bring a kind of a fresh ear to the whole thing. Because we can get, you know, you once you've played something that much and you've worked on it that much, you can get a pretty um, stubborn <laughs> approach to it, you know, because you're just so used to the way it is. So it's good to have someone else go, okay, why don't you guys just try this a little bit? Because from the outside, it sounds, you know, like it needs something else. Yeah, and I think a, a tune like Skeleton Key sort of has a lot of sections to it. And like is I guess like having toward and you know sort of having like a practiced approach to playing a tune with a lot of sections like that is it is it does it get limiting in a way or limiting sorry limiting um i don't think so i mean that's one of those like through composed kind of things where it's just um it's it's a different style of playing Mm-hmm. So, like, I always feel like within with Myriad Three, I'm playing a role, a lot. Like, it depends on the tune, but a lot of the times I'm playing more of a structured role than I do normally. Where I'm, you know, as a drummer, you're kind of always improvising because, you know, you just play time and do whatever the hell you want <laughs> for most of the time. But. um I feel like in, in Myriad 3, yeah, it is a little more structured. But I don't feel like it's limiting because then what you do is the more you play it, the more you learn to um, kind of improvise within that structure. So you change, you know, you're changing little things here and there all the time mm-hmm. to keep it interesting and to keep it, uh, you know, evolving. Yeah, and um, what about, like, uh, influences? I mean, I think there's... You know, obviously, if you're doing like sort of a through composed thing, I guess you're at least stepping on classical a little bit. And I think there's sort of like a modern rock feel to it sometimes yeah. even. Um, so what what uh, what uh, sort of influences were you trying to uh, encapsulate in this one? Um, I don't know if we're trying to. I mean, we all listen to a lot of different stuff. Um, I know Dan came out of the like indie rock and and um scene and he's actually played in that scene and then also i mean we all went to jazz school um at the university of toronto so we all studied jazz um and i mean chris and i both studied classical a whole bunch as well um and but then we've also been listening to a lot of uh electronic music and video game music and so i think that's kind of coming out a little bit as well um, I remember being on tour a couple of years ago and Chris 
putting on Square Pusher, and I'd never heard Square Pusher, and it kind of blew my mind. Um, and, uh, or, you know, or like we've been listening, I know Chris has been doing a lot of work um, in like the 8-bit world, uh, writing music using 8-bit sounds, and, um, and he writes this incredible stuff. So I think that's also been influencing a lot of um, at least the stuff that he's been bringing in. Um, so I would say that's, that's a, uh, has been an influence on, especially on Moons. And then um, beyond that, you know, I think like, like most musicians, we listen to a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, if, when we're on tour, if we kept a track, if we kept track of our playlist in the car, it's pretty wild because it goes, you know, from, I remember being in the car and listening to Steve Reich and then listening to, um, you know, uh, what was it? Sun O, I think. And then, you know, and and then we're listening to like some Austin Peterson and then we're listening to, you know, some uh, Rihanna and it's just like all over the map. Um, And it's just because it's good, you know, good music is good music. So it's just, and and it's, it's cool because we all have different tastes in music. So it's, you know, we're always being like, oh man, check this out. This is what I've been checking out the last time we toured. Yeah, and it's cool when you sort of bring some, maybe bring something in that's kind of obviously influenced by something you listened to recently, but then, you know, having other guy, other heads in the room, it sort of uh, changes tone to more fit your uh, use, I guess. Sure, absolutely. I mean, that's, and that's, again, that's the beauty of the group arranging thing is, is, you know, you write something that's very much in your voice and then you bring it in and then it becomes very much in the, you know, in the voice of the band. And so uh, I guess we could talk about this upcoming Montreal show that's going to be Wednesday evening at Casa del Popolo at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and... um I guess this is your last stop in Canada before a big uh, European tour. So, um, have, have, what's uh, what's sort of the touring experience done for you guys? Uh, it's been amazing. Um, I mean, touring is, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun, um, but it's also really great to be able to play uh, a whole bunch of shows in a short amount of time and play them for different audi- audiences. Um, I mean, Europe's incredible. Uh, so we've played in Europe quite a few times now and the audiences there are always fantastic and um uh, we've we've played in montreal uh three times or this will be our fourth time i think and uh, we've always had a great time um performing in montreal so we're really excited to come and plus the guys uh, it's a double bill with park x trio and and we actually met those guys for the first time in germany because we were both attending a jazz conference there and uh, we've become good friends. And um, I actually performed with them the last time Park X was in Toronto. I think it was the last time they were in Toronto last summer and their drummer couldn't make it. So I got to play with the band, which was really fun. Um, they're just good pals and they wanted, they, they wanted to see if they could set up a double bill with us, which is awesome because we both um, pretty, we're both pretty active uh, bands uh, touring wise. And I think the music's pretty complimentary, so I think it's going to be a really fun night. Um, and then, yeah, we're off to Europe for a 12-day, like, six-country tour. I don't know. It's pretty 
it's a pretty wacky one this time. We're like in a different country every day, so it'll be um, it definitely won't be a vacation, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought it would be. I thought it was fitting that you guys were sharing a bill with Park X Trio. They sort of um, fall somewhat under the same umbrella. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, those guys are great musicians, so it's, it's going to be a blast. And uh, you also spent some time at Manhattan School of Music, correct? Yes, um, I did. I did my master's there. Um, from who? Well, to 2006, I think, and then I lived in New York for another two years after that. Um, and New York is sort of like a—I mean, New York is a massive scene <clears throat> with a lot of different uh, sounds going on. And I—I I mean, I'm sure Canada's somewhat the same but uh it it seems like the canadian jazz scene is somewhat tight-knit to at least to some degree is it sort of nice to come back to some uh, i guess more of a community feel or do you think it's yeah, sort of the same i think i mean you know the the main difference is just in the sheer size mm. um you know there's so many musicians in new york so many fantastic musicians in new york but there are still very tight-knit scenes there um, when I was living there, I was living in Brooklyn and there was a pretty good scene of like young up and comers. I used to play a bunch with, uh, two of the guys that are in Snarky Puppy. Uh, we had a band together and, um, and then there's this guitar player near Felder who I used to play with a bunch. Um, so like we were all, we were all kind of the same age and at the same, you know, spot in our careers. We're all trying to figure out our way living in Brooklyn. So we would play together a bunch. So. I feel like the scene there, um, <clears throat> I don't feel like it was any less tight-knit than in Toronto or in Canada. Um, it's just that it's, it's, you know, there's a whole bunch of different little scenes. So, like, I, you know, again, I was in the, when I was there, I was in my mid-20s. So I was kind of in the, like, mid-20s, up-and-comer kind of scene. Um, whereas in Toronto, the scenes are a little more, you know, they aren't quite as uh, specific. It's like students kind of newly out of school and then everybody else. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it also depends on what style of music you're playing, of course. But um, yeah, I thought I thought the, the scene there was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I loved being in New York. And, uh, and I loved coming back to Toronto. I mean, um, Toronto is where I grew up and where my family is. And I have lots of friends here from school, um, from doing my undergrad. And uh, so it was great. It was great to get back into the scene and, and you know, meet meet Chris and Dan and have that thing kind of happen. So it's been really fulfilling, for sure. And I still go back to New York all the time. My sister is a jazz singer there, so I get back there whenever I can. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I still have a bunch of friends who are, who are doing good things there. So I try and get there whenever I can to hang out with them and play and visit the amazing city. All right, great. Um, so again, this has been a conversation with Ernesto Cervini of uh, Myriad 3. And um, if you were listening to this in the week of March 20th, you can catch them on March 22nd at uh, Casa del Popolo playing a double bill with Park X Trio. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this week's interview. Again, that was with er Ernesto Cervini of the Myriad 3 Trio out of Toronto. 
And um, I just wanted to jump on the mic and introduce this final tune. I got one more. This is another new release from uh, Intact Records in Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, we're gonna tune. We're gonna hear the tune, a very long letter by Aki Takasi and David Murray. That's saxophone and piano, respectively. And um, we're, yeah, the, uh, this album is called Cherry Sakura. And uh, it's exciting new music from the Intact record label that we love so dearly. And uh, that's going to wrap things up for this week. This is The Uncoverables. Tune in next week for an interview with Geraldine Iguales, another Montreal name. Thank you.
Thank <laughs> you.